On Sex Positive Me, we explore all aspects of sex and relationships, ranging from fetishes and BDSM to ethical non-monogamy and LGBTQ issues. Sex Positive Me destigmatizes sexual practices and relationships while reconciling reality with myth and misconceptions. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and be advocates of sexual freedom. And now here's your hosts, Angelique and John Luna. Hey everyone, we're at the end of April, wah, wah, wah. And this is your host, Miss Angelique Luna with John C. Luna, who, who is trying to wear out the after effects of their second shot of the COVID shot. Well, it didn't help that you tried to film me when I had my eye patch on. It started chasing me around the house and it's, it's not fun to do blind. <laughs> so apparently the side effect of the second dose is lots of laughter and humor here because we've been chasing each other down. <laughs> if that's a side effect, the whole country needs the vaccine right now <laughs> exactly. and double dose everyone. <laughs> we had to because we're at the end of Sexual Assault Awareness Month and Child Abuse Awareness Month. And if you've been loyally listening, as we know you have, and you've been supporting us, as we know you have, um, we're at our final presentation, final guest of the month. Um, and John's going to introduce her because I always butcher her name. Well, we have Coley, who I, I love her bio. We're just going to go quick through this. Uh, a million dollar mother of five sons. Well, you know, God bless you for five surviving sons. the five sons. Uh, entrepreneur, writer, online book publisher, um, also a pro wellness advocate and reparent co reparenting coach. Uh, wow, you write, you blog, you podcast, you're, you're doing kind of everything. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you guys. I super appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, we actually met through PodFest. I was just on your podcast last week, and now you're on our podcast talking about your journey going from childhood trauma to triumphant warrior. I mean, wow, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they hear, you know, the bad side of survivors and how they they're just in this box per se that they're either drug addicted, alcohol, or, you know, emotionally unstable, emotionally unstable. I mean, mentally unstable, the whole nine yards of the negative side, but you actually turned everything into a positive thing. Please talk about your journeys. How, so our audience members can know it's like, there's hope. There, there absolutely is hope. And I have run the gamut from what, you know, all the addiction and the emotional instability. And, uh, you know, that is always a thread, I would say, in my life that I have definitely used some super powerful, effective tools that definitely helped me get to where I am today. And, you know, every day is is an evolving day so tomorrow i i will be different from who i am today which is great um my my first beginning uh journey of this journey of of healing and becoming mm, like my true self i think that that's probably one of the biggest um horrors that any type of sexual abuse or assault takes from a person is our our essence you know our purity our essence of who we really are and it gets all convoluted and jumbled 
And basically then the product is, like we said, it's an addicted shell of a human who really does it. You know, we don't, we're not in touch with ourselves and our emotions. We don't have like real ability to connect with other humans, let alone ourselves. And so my journey started on finding myself basically in my twenties when I had failed, you know, I I was married and divorced by 19. (laughs) Oh, that's super young. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like, and I basically, I I got with my first high school boyfriend, you know, it was like, as soon as I just found that one person who would like me, I just glommed on and I held on for dear life and we were married and had a kid. And then I was like, wow, this is crazy. I don't like this. And I just left, you know, and so I was picking up the pieces basically of my whole entire life. Um, I started doing traditional talk therapy, and that was fine to an extent. I did the traditional 12-step programs um, in a faith-based community, which was okay also. And, you know, I was kind of going through all these things without a ton of results. I started reading um, an EMDR book, uh, Eye, Eye Movement EMDR directional reprocessing, eye movement, directional reprocessing. So I don't know if you or your listeners are familiar with that type of therapy, but it is actually like binaural beats that um, is scientifically proven. um, And it goes back and forth, like you're watching the screen and your eyes are moving back and forth. You have sensory um, little buzzers in your hands that are going off um, opposite of each other as well as like the beats that are, you know, going back and forth. So that actually was the beginning point to where I am now, as far as reprocessing, actually rewiring my brain, you know, my traumatized brain from, from childhood sexual abuse, inappropriate, like sexualization early on. And then which led to, you know, violent rape, and multiple um just sexual assaults you know like being drunk at a bar or whatever you know just the cumulative effects of that i had to actually rewire that trauma as i think we all do and it's intricately woven into our beings so super intense therapies have to be done to you know help us actually become a whole human again so I did that and I just realized that I was lovable and that was the biggest lie that I I had to break that I was a lovable person and that sounds kind of silly to say but it was and is I think one of the biggest lies that we believe as traumatized humans you know we're not lovable we don't deserve uh, respect we don't deserve a safe space in the world um and that is what i had to start by breaking i had to retrain myself so that's where it all started and and it has gone on from there and i'll share i'll let you guys talk more if you want <laughs> you can address whatever you want but i do have mindset mindset practices you know we mentioned i'm a reparenting coach i have a whole course you know that i jam-packed like 
two decades worth of this crazy, you know, journey into just like a super concise, um, there's 30, 15 minute videos where I just talk about my daily practices and how I do maintain a lovable, you know, independent person. Well, that's something I do see as a constant message among survivors is obviously the, they feel violated down to the point where they're no longer worthy of anything and trying to get beyond that is very, very difficult. Um, but I'm curious, you mentioned the term reparenting. What is that? Yeah, well, I mean, it can, it can be branded so many different ways, but it is definitely going back and giving ourselves what we didn't get originally. Um, you know, from the entire process to, like I mentioned, just feeling worthy of love and and giving ourselves what we want other people to give us first. Um, and for survivors, for some reason, when that isn't installed, well, for anyone, you know, that when that isn't installed from the very beginning, it's just virtually impossible to live a, a mature, responsible life. Because we're always waiting for someone else to do it for us, you know, and, and that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen once we become adults. That is totally up to every single person on the planet. Um, and as as children, if we didn't get that, then we just have to go back and give it to ourselves. And that means like literally buying stuff for ourselves that we want. That means going out to the movies. And that means buying yourself flowers or getting manicured. You know, it means taking care of ourselves. It's it's pretty simple <laughs> that part. exactly the whole like giving yourself permission to have pleasure you know yes. whatever that pleasure may be like you said buying flowers eating carbs when you're on a low carb diet having desserts you know the, those are things of pleasure too not so much the physical intimacy or sexual though mm -hmm. you know anything pleasurable that you know and that could be anything and that's where the reprogramming we need it's like it's okay to have that pleasure that oh my god this is so delicious oh my god that felt so good mm -hmm. and i i don't know where the disconnect is because there is not just only like with sexual assault or abuse or child abuse but also just humans in general because we've run into people that they don't have any trauma but yet they feel so guilty if they enjoy mm -hmm. some kind of pleasure. Right. Yeah. And so the reparenting is giving ourselves that. And then as we begin to do that, we can connect with others uh, in a deeper way. It starts becoming less about pleasuring ourselves, but more of service and benefiting and being a part of a group. Um, and, you know, it, until we are responsible adults, we cannot be a responsible member of a group. <laughs> we're not going to be a beneficial community member because we're um, stuck in our own egos. You know, we're stuck in our own brokenness and it never comes out the way we actually want it to. So um, once we become able to be a part of the group, then we feel empowered and we start to notice our strengths and we can start playing on those. I mean, it is really the the 
human experience of maturation, right? But we don't get that typically because we live in a, a matrix that's kind of wonky at the moment. But um, as we all individually level up and begin doing this, we can begin having conscious families and um, and being conscious members of the community so that we can perpetuate this as normal. I mean, this is natural to come out as an 18-year-old who's uh, a solid, mature responsible adult right i don't know about mature maybe responsible mature eh. we're in our 40s oh, so no. our, our divine maturity is still questionable <laughs> that's right it, human brains develop until we're 26 so that's when i say people are not kids anymore <laughs> well i think we need to redefine what we see as an adult because mm -hmm. an adult doesn't mean being old and being a martyr Exactly. Many of those people in my life. Yeah. And we treat many of those as coaching clients too. So it's we're related to a lot of them, <laughs> but it's, it's more being res uh, responsible for yourself, but also balancing it. Yeah. Um, balancing the fact that you're, you're a human being, you need things, you need pleasure, you need it, but you know, you, you can get it in a way that's not, well, hurtful. it's beneficial and yeah. not hurtful. Yeah. Yes. Totally. So. Definitely. Um, and so some of my reparenting practices that I had in the course, and I'm actually writing a book about it right now, um, just mindful, mindful living simplified is what the title is. So the mindfulness, I would say, going back to the reparenting question is basically what reparenting is. It's being mindful and conscious of what we're thinking, why we're thinking it, going back to the root of that thought and, and reprocessing, reprogramming it to a beneficial service way. Um, but I do things like, <laughs> what are some of my things I do? <laughs> um, well, the 100% responsibility is my key motto um, that I live by. So response ability and talking about maturity you know we do need to we need to decipher between a big human as as to a, a conscious or mature human you know um the responsibility not everyone has responsibility because we are immature humans a lot so learning to be a hundred percent response able is a practice that I most mindfully adhere to to get to where I am. Um, going back to the self-love, you know, I'm responsible. I'm able to respond to my needs. And um, when we take that 100% responsibility, we, we open it up to receive that 100% responsibility from others. You know, uh, I think survivors, in particular, often get hooked up with people who are not <laughs> responsible. And we do that in an attempt to like feel more powerful or to feel needed or to fill that hole that we have that when we look for someone else to fill it. Um, so we become like magnets for people that are going to take advantage of us, basically, and, and not take responsibility. 
So when we take that 100%, then we start attracting people who are 100% responsible and mature and respectful and kind and like the type of people we want to be with. Um, so 100% responsibility is the big thing. I talked about being lovable and taking care of myself. Also, um, a big mindset shift that happened from the beginning to get to where I am now is just letting go of those preconceived and conditioned ideas. I know like the sex positive me whole message is letting go of the labels and like um the cultural norms that we're conditioned with shoved down our throat right um and that that goes with everything in our life it's not just sex it's it's everything well i know i know life at least for me and i think our generation yeah it is presented as a progression and almost a race at this age, you should be here. Yeah, and there's these goals is, of right. having a career and getting married and having a child, child and owning a house. And yeah, and ready to retire. It's like there was all this, but I believe that was like more of our parents' generation right. that they had that and then they instilled it on us. Then the younger generation, they're just like skyrocketing in various different things or just still at the first at the starting line you know it, it, it's so bizarre there but i like that responsibility because we say that a lot in our coaching practices that you are responsible for your own feelings not anybody else you need to own that because we see a lot of triggers with folks saying to their partners or loved ones it's like well you made me feel this way did they really did they really make you feel that way? Or is that how you feel based on what they said? It is doing that changing of the words and the mindset of taking responsibilities for your own emotions and actions, which I really don't know where we could have learned that properly. I know we learn, we teach it, but because we learned it. Where but did we learn it? Yeah. Me and you spent a lot of time in therapy. Okay, way fine. Before exactly. We that's where we learned it from okay so exactly. trying to be a little bit more like positive like parenting or like someone but yeah you're right therapy so no, yeah even before we were parents yes we spent time in therapy and you know it was funny even well, back both then of us. i started at 15 i don't know when you started uh probably my first therapist was in my early 20s 21 or so okay so but even at that point, um, it was your parents that suggested you go to therapy or someone else? No, uh, someone else. I was actually, the school had me sent because I talked to my counselor that was committing suicide. And because of the suicide attempt, I got sent to, uh, committed a week in uh, a mental health uh, institute. And that was my first time in therapy. And I loved it ever since. I, I know I went because um, I used to display my anger as many young people, young men do in anger my frustration came out as anger and the truth is being a virgo i'm a very very uh anal retentive occasionally uh um i have a lot of patience but Especially when those patients ran out it was a nuclear freaking bomb we, we had those rough patches at the beginning of our relationship yeah we have we did we did and that was 11 years ago but we've, but we've worked through that yeah. we've, we've gotten we, we've been able to Process so is much, different. No, yeah, process, not so right. much the fact that the outside has changed because we have the same people in our lives, mm -hmm. the same parents, the same child. 
it's the way we deal with it has changed. Correct. And that's what's made it all different. So the power is within you, not the other people, you know, around you. Yes. And that's what we're still trying to instill our child, but she's 20, but she's a little bit better than most. I I'll give her that. <laughs> well, being through therapy all her life and being through this, she still has those 20 year old, I'm angry outbursts because I'm not getting what I'm getting. And then you talk with her and go, yeah, but this is your fault because of this, this, this. And you get that under the breath. Yeah. yeah. So she knows it. She just needs to have the little sign put up that says, this is the path you're taking, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, and we don't we all need that? I mean, that is exactly what a parent is there for in the beginning, right? Oh, gosh. I need that. I have... Yeah, spending money on therapists, spending money on ourselves, getting outside help is huge. I, I have coaches, you know, that I work with all the time in different areas. Like if we don't have that accountability, it's really hard to keep going forward and do what we want. I know. Um, I don't know. I spend money on coaching. Yes. And therapies and lots of different tools we have to spend money on ourselves to get to where we want to be or to learn how to be parents so that we don't mess up our own children that that is the one thing and i'm not yeah. picking on the previous generation of my parents really but, I, I will. but, but <laughs> if you want to spend a hundred thousand dollars to get a diploma it's learning it's okay. It's acceptable. It's completely okay. Totally. But there's, I find, and it is partial our generation and partial parents that when you want to spend some, you know, to go to a therapist, go to this, and it's a hundred or whatever, two hundred bucks an hour or something, all of a sudden this light comes off that it's a waste of money. It's like, why it's are the, you it, doing it's, that? It's the same thing. It yeah. is. It is training, whether it's done in engineering, art, or or therapy to help you get a hold of yourself. It's all training. Yeah. Definitely. I agree so much. Oh, that was definitely the beginning of how I was able to successfully move from trauma to triumph is definitely by asking for help and and learning which methods actually was, you know, like moving me forward, being successful. Like I said, talk therapy is fine, but it's not like something that I recommend to people like as a real way to make it through. I think now with our with our not on knowledge and science and technology, I mean, rewiring cognitive behavioral therapy is super like normal now. And rewiring energetically, like Reiki and uh, I'm sure different, you know, tantra practices or, or however you label it, like energetic work is super important to deal with our whole self. It's not just talking about the trauma, which there is value in that for sure, sharing our stories and letting another human know what happened. But also we have to get to the core essence and rewire that stuff or it it, it keeps going back. And the old, our, our past generations didn't even have that. Like that wasn't even on the grid. You know, they might have thought it was a waste of money because sometimes it is. <laughs> like, there's no change happening. But now we can just really dig in there and use the tools that work for us and start somewhere, right? Because talk therapy may be the magic bullet that frees you. I don't know. It could be. You got to start somewhere, though. 
Well, every person's different. Every trauma is different. Right. And I do think talk therapy is a great place to start, but it's yeah. also a great place to learn what the trauma is because you may not know it and then figure out where to go from there, or that might yeah. be the end of it for you. Um, yeah. It's a catalyst to healing. Yeah, that's well said. It's a great place to identify the problem because that is what they're qualified to do, right? Yeah, and it's just one of those, but I have had heard more and more people going down the route of EMDR therapy that um, a few people that I personally know have been very successful in breaking through that past trauma through those models. And I'm like, okay, that's fantastic. Also cognitive behavior therapy too, because it is rewiring, deprogramming a lot of the things that you've learned out of the flight fight fear fawn i can't remember the f fight or flight no there's four of them there's fawn flight fear freeze freeze thank you no there's the four f's i that i do remember there from um going through some um psychology training there the, those are the four that we have because of some kind of ptsd trauma whether it be sexual physical even our soldiers coming back from war they they go through that so it really does bother me when people say oh ptsd is not a real thing they'll get over it you don't know how the brain works or how the mind or the body all together there there has been some kind of shift in their body themselves yeah also, no we've been trained to you know put on the fake face what's that i see that commercial where they're holding up a, 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 a happy, smiley face a, a depression smiley face when yeah. they're depressed and that is true we're, we're done with that so the truth is when someone does go out and whether they feel better or are better, that's up to them to decide because regardless, we're trained to put on that smiley face and say, everything is okay. Yeah. And I mean, with traumatized people, that is all we basically know how to do. I mean, there is a disconnect between knowing that it's fake and it just being what it is, you know? Like I wasn't even identifying that I was unhappy, basically. It was just how I was, you know, I wasn't thinking that I was thinking I was unlovable. I was just literally living that way to where when I got my therapy, I actually had the therapy done um, when I was pregnant with my fifth son because the childbirth, it was so traumatizing. I mean, you're talking about PTSD, not a real thing. Like, don't even get me started with that. I, I have like a little bit of <laughs> anxiety with that. My throat is closing up. Like, people think that it's fake. I mean, it is in our bodies. So I would have a baby, and it would bring up all that sexual trauma. And I was, I didn't know that that's what was happening until my fifth baby. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this different. So I got hypnotherapy, and I did the EMDR. And I was able to have a really happy, peaceful birth. Thank God. I'm so thankful for that. But yeah, it totally, um, I can't remember where I started going on this, but I, I was able to snap back and get myself together from, from doing those treatments. Well, you're definitely a success story going from, like, like you said, childhood abuse, uh, latching onto the first person and getting married and then realizing this isn't what you want to now being successful raising five children boys boys i was like god boys. bless her <laughs> i know 
I, it is a success story. I'm happy to be able to um, move forward. And yeah, thank God I got sons. I'm sure that the heavens were like, honey, you need boys. <laughs> this is what you're going to get in life. And I'm like, okay. So I'm raising safe, kind, you know, respectful gentlemen. That's what my contribution to further this planet is mainly that's my job is to help raise conscious men apparently <laughs> absolutely we need more conscious men to understand it's like it's okay if they say no it, that's their choice and not to take as an offense to it or like what wh why why you know because I, I i really dislike when people get so defensive or like I don't know what other negative emotions when because someone said no, just gracefully accept the no and said, okay, move on. I think there is a still a huge amount of, and I, I hate using this phrase, toxic masculinity. Yes. Out there in the sense of, I remember when not too long ago, the Me Too movement came out. And we'll say there was a few um, high profile politicians going, well, it's a dark day to be a white single man. And I'm like, whoop. What the hell are you talking about? What about women? It's been a dark <laughs> day since centuries, I mean, burning the witches. Since doing Bill. So I was just like, oh yeah, I know, I know. It, it's like, but you even experienced some patriotic in, in within your family because you were telling me that story about the generator and your mom. I I had to laugh at that. <laughs> oh yeah, patriarchy was a huge thing in <laughs> my family. My just my mom not thinking women could basically do anything for ourselves. Like I literally, well, my dad, you know, like growing up, you know, I would want, I'm like, can I mow the lawn? No, girls don't mow the lawn. Like you just, and it wasn't, I grew up in California. It was like Northern California. So a little bit different mindset, but still it was like, we were supposed to be progressive family or whatever. So I was, always raised as a girl you know and that meant not doing half the stuff i guess i don't know yeah my mom didn't think i could turn on the generator she's like well who's gonna turn on the generator i'm like i did mom <laughs> i turned it on <laughs> she's like wow it was like that i could do any of that yeah i moved off grid um for three years full time with my four sons just to show myself i could you know just to be just to prove to myself i can i can do this like we were talking about the rewiring we do have to rewire and we also have to just embody it we have like ptsd is a thing and it literally rewires the way our automatic reactions take place and then once that gets fixed, then we get to go out and then we can just get over it. Then we can just do new things and experience new results from what we're doing. You know, we'll see that someone's not going to break in my window or if I don't lock my bedroom door, someone's not going to come in at night. Like all of these things, we just have to start doing and seeing the result of it. And that changes. That is empowering. That's when we can just get over it. But we do need some rewiring work to get rid of the old. One of the things we've seen is obviously getting past trauma and pain. Um, we've had some therapists who use BDSM 
in a way to get people past that. Because again, getting, we'll say getting hit in the butt, that's something we do to children because it really don't hurt there, but it makes a nice big sound. So it's scary. And it's really funny because um, I know someone who's gotten past trauma by getting into BDSM and realizing it's all in my head. This doesn't hurt. I have control. Giving someone back that control completely changed their outlook on life. And they went from being timid to being confident and, Mm -hmm. you know, and powerful. And it was like, what light got lit in you to go from there to here. And it was just amazing because once they realized that everything I'm afraid of, I don't have to be afraid of no more. It gave birth to a new person. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love that so much. When I was working with an embodiment coach last summer and he's like, because my story is always like, I got PTSD, man. (laughs) Like That's my line. And he's like, what do you have PTSD from Coley? And I was like, Wait, I mean, I I knew the answer, but I, I knew that I actually had gotten over the main PTSD in my therapy. So I was like, well, maybe I don't have it anymore. Like, I think I'm over it. I'm not afraid anymore. Like, but I am. Yeah, I still like had ninja like <laughs> reflexes, and you know, people come at me or there's flying around objects or whatever. I mean, I will react quickly i'm still a survivor like that i guess (laughs) but um so the bdsm i number one had to look that up on google when we first talked because i had no idea that's where i am on this sex journey like what but i totally was thinking of that like it would be it yeah, role playing is like a really great avenue, I'm sure, to healing. I can't imagine anything better, actually, like than being with a trusted partner and like almost recreating the trauma in a different story. It's really, it's, it's touching. So I'm thankful again to you guys for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we are like a lot of the well. First off, thank God the DCIM DCIM changed that back in 2013 because DCF Diagnostic Manual for Diagnostic Statistic Manual. Oh God, now I lost it. Never continue. BDSM is no longer a mental disease. And I have the book is the issue. And now I got tongue tied and we both forget the title. Yeah, so clinically, it was considered a mental uh, issue, and it stopped in 2013. So now they have looked into it and how to use it with therapy, talk therapy, and BDSM together to heal trauma. Actually, there is going to be an event uh, this weekend, um, Tending the Tree. Oh, I can't remember it now, but they actually going to have a talk about he, using kink to heal and trauma. So I thought that that's like pretty amazing. So yeah, it's come a long way. Well, I'm just gonna say it's not for everyone. No, it's Again, not. this is no magic bullet. Right. However- Oh, we seek a professional. And, but there's different treatments available now. Yeah. Yes. So it's not we're just that we're gonna sit and talk for hour, you know, an hour a week, week, once a week. There are eventually other things. And like I said, BDSM might be one of them. 
going off the grid for a while to prove you can do it might be another, whatever yeah, exactly. works for you. The, the other one that's up and rising, Geek Therapy. That is using a lot of sci-fi shows like Supernatural, Star Trek, Star Wars in a therapeutic setting to communicate, similar to like children play therapy. So that is an upcoming, we actually have one of our friends who's becoming a certified geek therapist. Oh, wow. I never thought of using a phaser in therapy, but that sounds awesome. Right now, the Dungeons and Dragons or the D&D roles things, Yeah, she's good at that. No surprise. Yeah, exactly. For therapy. Yeah. This is the new way of how to heal, especially, you know, something as extreme as sexual assault or child sexual assault, uh, sexual abuse, you know, things. So, yeah, it it is very hopeful that therapy has changed with ways, you know, because we're such an um, online computer addicted electronic no more talking in human person. <laughs> well, I think the human touch comes and goes a bit. Yeah. Because I do remember my parents yelling at me that I spent too much time on an Atari. Little did they know, later on in life, I became a software developer mm-hmm. before I became a podcaster. But and yeah, a and now, relationship coach. <laughs> yeah. And, but now everyone is online way more than I was on Atari 30, 40 years ago. But <laughs> yeah. Again, it, it's, it comes and goes. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm so, so, so thankful also that we live when we do and things are coming along and we're normalizing the conversations, you know, a couple of generations ago, these topics, I mean, we are where we are today because we didn't deal with it then. Right. Right. So it's just a new era. It's a new generation. We are here to do the work and there's tools available that actually allow us to change. That's what I want people to know. There are real tools that really work. And and finding those is just the little bit of exploration. And when we're willing, that comes to us. Um, but I'm happy that we get to do the work so that in 20 years, our kids are not gonna be living like this. We're not going to really have to do reparenting anymore because we'll just be doing it correctly from the beginning. Um, And that's beautiful, I think. That will be a whole new generation. We'll be so grateful to have that. But thank you for all your service. How can our listeners find you and reach out for you? Yeah, so I'm a practical saint on social media, and my website is essentialmind.me. I like that. So good. I'm so glad we got to end this month on a positive note. Yes. Good story, considering the topic we're covering. I know, gosh. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to be um, the uh, cleanup batter for sure, and I love you guys. I love the audience. I want to make sure that everyone knows that there is definitely hope and there is healing and it's all a little bit messy and convoluted. Like life is um, that way (laughs) for everyone, I think. (laughs) And for us going through from, from trauma to triumph, I mean, it's, it's a journey and that's what our life is for. So there's no reason to be afraid or hide from, you know, the things that we perceive as negative. It's just what it is. 
basically everyone's going through some level of this, you know, so you're not weird. You're not bad. It's not you. It's just what we have to deal with, our circumstances. And there's never been a better time than now to start feeling better, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you very much for being on the show. We appreciate you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sex Positive Me. If you like our content, please like, subscribe, and review us. You can find us on social media platforms at Sex Positive Me or on our website at sexpositiveme.com. You can also reach me on all social media platforms as Miss Angelique Luna. And you can find me at John C. Luna. And if you liked content like this and want some more, please subscribe to our monthly newsletter. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.